How y'all doing? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the podcast that is educating about and working towards the true people's liberation movement. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Uh, it really does mean a lot that folks come and, and listen to the show, so I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, if this is your you know, if you're coming back, tuning in for a second or however many times, yo, you're crazy, and I appreciate you, because um, that really means a lot, and I hope that it's not because I'm so stupid that you want to come back and laugh at me again. Um, but yeah, so like, first of all, if you're hearing my car in the background, I apologize. I get to record on my way to work. That's a cool thing that I get to do. Uh, but yeah, so if that's a problem for anyone, I apologize. Um, that's not always a problem, but it has been for at least the last few months, so I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, anyways, um, if you can, you know, tolerate that and, and make it through, uh, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, today we have, uh, a few things that I kind of want to discuss in brief that, seem to kind of coincide with one another quite well, so I'm hoping to be able to, to mesh it all into one conversation. But basically, it all kind of boils down to the very foundation that we don't, and I hate, I hate this conversation because it's jarring, you know what I mean, like it's an upsetting conversation, but we don't have much time to be wrong, we don't have much time to work through the kinks of of trying to build socialism, trying to oppose capitalism uh, right now in 2021. We don't have much time to watch, say, the People's War in the Philippines get massacred by Duterte. Uh, we don't really have time for, you know, the Venezuelan people to be uh, starved by sanctions in order to see socialism come to the United States. We need to begin building socialism not only within the United States, but across the world in a true internationalist fashion. We need to begin doing it right now. Uh, There's been a lot of talk, um, a lot of conversation surrounding, you know, what's going on in the U.S. right now. Uh, I think, obviously, for a lot of us my age, since 2016, We've all kind of been in a, a, a spiral of what the fuck, um, but I'm sure folks who have had to suffer much much longer than I have been aware of their suffering have been thinking this for a long, long time. But with Joe Biden in, in office and kind of the government of the United States being whatever the fuck it is, um, people are, you know, for good reason, very confused as to what's going on and what it is that, you know, really needs to be done. Um, I think that first and foremost, we need to begin talking about the fact that, you know, anyone who's calling themselves a leftist, anyone who's calling themselves, say, a socialist or communist, and is advocating for participation in, you know, electoral politics right now, is foolish. Um, Whether I believe that electoralism is the path towards socialism is not in question, but the fact of the matter is we have no power in the United States to back up any kind of socialism. So 
you know, let's let's play let's play utopian for Josh a year or two ago because I was you know down this path as well. Uh, if Bernie Sanders would have been elected, like I and many other people wanted him to be, that would not have led to socialism because first and foremost, Bernie would have been the only person, probably advocating for the things he was advocating for, if he even advocated for them. Because here's the cool thing about Bernie and AOC and Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, they all have a voting record, and that's all public information. Go look at their voting record. Go look at the actions that these people take. AOC's very first act as as a representative of, of, you know, her district in New York City. First act she did was she signed a bill, like, basically signing off that ICE should be a thing, that ICE should continue existing and doing what it is. She she signed a pro-ICE bill. That was her very first action. Bernie Sanders, the majority of the imperialist bills that have crossed his table, whether it's, you know, the actual bombing of the Philippines in the 80s and the 90s, which he voted yes on, or the Iraq War, which he has voted time and time again to continue in different ways. Uh, Sure, he can stand up and say he explicitly speaks out against these wars, he explicitly speaks out against these actions, and maybe didn't even sign all of the bills in favor of these actions. In my opinion, that doesn't matter, because here's the thing. If someone is truly revolutionary, truly understands what it is that needs to be done in order to fix the problems we're looking at today, they know that going into politics in the United States is not the way to do that. Because the politics in the United States, I mean, you got to think the United States is a settler colonial project to its core. That's what America, quote-unquote, is. That's what it got made as. That's what it became a... a quote-unquote, country, as our foundation as a nation in the United States is oppression, is this anti-peoples thing. And so, I mean, anyone who calls themselves a socialist, anyone who calls themselves a leftist or whatever, and thinks that, all right, here's what we got to do. We got to get people into office. This dude, it, first and foremost, like, again, even utopian mindset. They get in there, they're the only person trying to do the shit that they're trying to do. It's just bogging up the wheels. It's not going to do anything. Nothing will change through that path at this moment because we don't have the power to back it up. You know, it was the people demanding these things. And then we, ourselves, through the act of, you know, actually growing our political and social and economic understandings in this country, and we recognized what it is that needs to be done, and then we put someone in power, then we actually, the people, put someone in power, we would have to have some kind of physical backing so that when that person does not do the things that we want them to, they have a threat of some sort of action, whether that's you know, they're not going to be in office next year or what have you, they have that sitting on the back of their necks, breathing down on them, telling them that, listen, you're going to do what the people want or you're not going to have this power. 
And since we can't do that, we cannot expect that then any politician is actually going to do what we need. Because the second that they don't, there's nothing to stop them. And honestly, for a lot of these people, money, power, privilege, social, political, you know, control, that shit is far more incentivizing than you and me needing them to do what it is that they're supposedly there to do. If that weren't the case, you and I probably might have, you know, a better situation on our hands, but we don't. So it's kind of, you know, it's incredibly important to acknowledge the reality we live in. I know we all want to, you know, expect that these things can change easily. We want to expect that these things are, you know, second nature or common sense or whatever. But if that were the case, things would not be the way they are. So I think that anyone who espouses these ideas is just clearly ignorant or choosing to be ignorant. In either way, it's not useful to listen to their opinion. Um, I think that another problem that we're facing right now that needs to be talked about is the fact that the majority of our organizations are not only white-led, and we'll, we'll get into this, why this is important. Not only are they white-led, but they are white ideologically. And they are wholeheartedly convinced of the national struggle being of importance far more than the international struggle. And let me explain what I mean by all of that. So, first and foremost... Having white skin is not, you know, uh, a causation for evilness. It's not a causation for whatever. Having white skin means one thing and one thing only. You live in a white supremacist world with the correct skin tone. What that gets you is more, you know, endemic of what your own personal life and environment is, rather than necessarily just your white skin. You know, there's poor white people, there's all kinds of folks who have white skin who also suffer, but we still live in a white supremacist society, so at the very bottom of, you know, like at the end of the day, I guess is the way you would want to say it, like, we're not the ones that are pointing the guns at, most of the time, unless we decide to step in front of the barrel. And that's kind of my thing is, like, the difference between being white and being white ideologically is are you going to step in front of the barrel? Because in the United States, black, brown, and indigenous people are killed on a day-to-day basis. Now, I'm not saying go out and harass police and get shot and killed. No. We want no one to die. That's the whole goal of this. We want to stop death. We want to end oppression. We want to end abuse. We want to end, you know, discrimination and actions against people based on their skin color. We don't want more death and despair. But I mean that, I guess, you know, euphemistically or however you might say it, because the difference between being white and and being born white and just having white skin and being white ideologically and aligning with that whiteness and what that whiteness tries to uphold, that's opportunism. And opportunism is a plague that is caused by liberalism. Liberalism is the foundation of the United States. Liberalism is the foundation of the majority of the European powers that we know. 
And it's because liberalism is an ideology that basically says, okay, we're going to have absolutism, except it's going to be a few more rich white people than just one of them. And if you, you know, you could throw your critiques at me for that understanding of liberalism, sure, but I think it just about adds up throughout most of history. Um, So, you know, to its core, what liberalism believes is that, like, things are okay enough for me that I'm just going to, like, try to do shit the way that they tell us we're supposed to do it, like participating in electoral politics. That shit is put in place by the very people who are oppressing us. And then we have the gall to say, yeah, I feel like if we, you know, just run Bernie Sanders, we get someone like that in office, like, things are going to get better for you. Things will get better for you. And the objective is not to just simply make sure that we individually are taken care of, but recognizing that the collective is made up of individuals, and each one of those individuals deserves to be taken care of because we are all human beings. That is the difference. And I think that that kind of, you know, plays on what whiteness is ideologically versus what it is to have white skin. Because in a white supremacist society, you know, a majority of us in in the United States who are white folks who might be, you know, socialists, whatever... Our thing right now and what we are facing is an inability to afford life. Like, 70% of folks in the United States live paycheck to paycheck. That's incredibly awful. And that is, you know, that's an endemic of capitalism. That was only caused by capitalism. Not, quote-unquote, crony capitalism, but capitalism developing. If there is any crony capitalism, it's because capitalism is crony. And it has been allowed to continue existing and dominating and taking over and exploiting people. That's the only crony capitalism there is, but it's no different than any other version of capitalism. And the reason why this is a problem, right, is because as it stands right now in the United States, a majority of these folks in the DSA, in the PSL, in the IWW, and now, of course, these are just general organizations, Each of these organizations operates differently chapter to chapter. But if we are to look at the history of these organizations, we can see that their analysis, their understanding of what needs to be done, is continuously off time and time again. And, you know, not for nothing, but it's because what they're looking for is personal protection. It's it's individual security they're looking for. And, you know, we need to recognize that we need to live as a collective. If I am, you know, maybe fed, I have a job, whatever, that's that's important, right? But if everyone around me is not, I mean, I, I don't know how much I can sit here and say that this is a good thing. Um, and I think that because of the the ideology that comes from Uh, you know, colonialization, the ideology that comes from uh, imperialism, and what created capitalism is this, it's, it's combined with Puritan views, the idea of like, 
whiteness generally and like kind of why that developed, you know, the need for a justification for all these Puritan Christians who supposedly are good people who are yet going into other nations and massacring people and stealing their land and their labor. So this justification had to come from somewhere, so they come up with this thing called race, and that's, you know, that's not to say that, oh, we don't have to worry about race, it's an invention. No, that's stupid. Like, we live in a world where racism is what is killing the majority of our black, brown, and indigenous, you know, relatives. But what it is saying is that racism is founded on a false belief. It's founded on this idea that one person can be better than another based off of something so idiotic as their skin tone. Um, I feel that, you know, a majority of our problems come from this very white chauvinistic mindset that exists in the back of each and every one of our heads. Um, Whether we are white, whether we, you know, feel that we act on that whiteness, that doesn't matter. We live in a, you know, a quote-unquote country. Where the shit that, you know, I constantly am talking about, where the shit that other people are opposing, is the very foundation of this society. It's hard to expect that anyone, if not everyone, will have a piece of that propaganda lodged in the back of their head until they, you know, really dig that shit out. Uh, I don't care who you are. You need to work on that, you know, because white chauvinism, and what that means is just like this idea that. You know, chauvinism is kind of that, that individualist outlook. It's like, it's opportunism. It's it's got a more broad definition, but, it, you know, just to understand it, like, that's kind of how it goes. And then the white chauvinism on top of that is just kind of what we see in the United States in a lot of times when it comes to labor organizing, when it comes to um, some socialist organizations. Like, we see a lot of white skin. And, again, you know, it's important to recognize that white skin is not a causation of white chauvinism. But white chauvinism is a lot easier to, you know, kind of support and and uphold with white skin. Um, It kind of suits you a little bit better. I don't know. Um, But that, similar to the Puritan view of labor, which kind of becomes the, oh, if you don't work, you're a lazy piece of shit mentality that we have today. It's important that we recognize that these things develop further into society. These things have a foundation. These things have a causation. They have, I mean, I don't know that I can say the word beginning, but they have a core that develops further out into society that we live in today, unless we, you know, really lodge those things out, which we haven't, because the very foundation of America, and that's in quotation marks there, America, I need to start using the United States instead of America. This isn't America. This is Turtle Island. Um, but, you know, it's it's incredible to me to think that here in the United States, the amount of people who, you know, it's very obvious they want revolutionary change. It's very obvious that they want things to be better. But, like, they're willing to sacrifice true change for this, you know, utopian ideal of, like, how this change can come about, um, which is not new to this, this uh, you know, generation. This is not new to this idea of even revolution. Um, 
but it is, you know, new in that we're sitting on the precipice. We're sitting on the fucking edge of an environmental collapse. And the people in the global south, right, the folks that you and I as socialists, as communists, as anarchists, say we care about, they are mobilizing. They are organizing and they are beginning to, you know, get prepared for some kind of oppositional movement against the destruction of our earth, against the destruction of our one and only home. Um, And, you know, these folks are ready in a way that we in the United States are not because we are comfortable. And we are more willing to be comfortable than we are to be revolutionary. And because of that, we constantly fail in our organizing efforts. We constantly fail in our ideological and, and theoretical premises. We constantly fail in our planning, in our action. What it is that we're trying to do does not line up with what it is that we do take actions to do. We can't sit here and say that we want socialism, we want communism, without recognizing that none of that shit can happen under the banner of America. None of that shit can happen under electoralism in a country where 50% of the population doesn't even vote in the fucking archaic voting system that we are supposedly supposed to, you know, take over. It's a useless game for people who don't have the desperation, don't have the true need to get this shit right in their head that they actually do. And this is kind of the point I want to make is, like, we don't have time to fail. We don't have the ability to be wrong. And we have, time and time again, chosen to be wrong for the sake of believing in our head that we are right. And what I mean by this is pretty simple. Um, You know, a majority of our actions in the United States, whether it was labor organizations, whether it was socialist groups, whether it was, you know, whatever, that our aim is off, and and you can't, you can't expect to topple a system such as this without having your aim be precise, um, and that means understanding some things a little bit deeper than we might want to dedicate our time to, but what this does mean, <laughs> by doing this, by dedicating our time to these things, it means that more than likely, we can actually help the folks that we say we want to help. So, you know, my charge to anyone would be, do we want to actually see things change? Do we actually want things to get better? Do we actually want to act and go out and do? Or do we want to post? Do we want to go on social media and and get some clout? Do we want to go into organizations so that we can say we're a part of an organization? Or do we want to go into an organization so that through collective action we can actually help people? Um, I think that it's, it's incredibly clear what the United States' former organizations have had as their intention. Whether that's, you know, explicit or implicit, whether that's conscious or not, is not, you know, really important, honestly. Um, And anyone who says that they're trying to dedicate themselves to this, anyone who actually wants to see see things change, 
and make things better for people will take the sacrifices that they need to take in order to dedicate dedicating themselves to being right. Because people's lives are on the line, you know? And I'm not trying to be, like, that dude. But, like, honestly, in the United States, I personally, as a white person who came from, you know, the complete opposite background as myself, uh, you know, conservative, Protestant, Christian, I feel there's no excuse in the United States to not dedicate our time to this. You know, a lot of us have things in life that make it difficult or, you know, very hard to get involved with these organizations, to get involved organizing, to try to, you know, build our understandings of these things. But we have, if we have any excuses, we have very few in comparison to the people who are in, you know, in situations where they are outright being killed. Um, I think that that's pretty important to recognize, and I think that if we choose not to recognize that, it's because we're more concerned with our own personal safety than the personal safety of others. And what it is that we should be working towards as socialists, what it is that we should be working towards as anarchists and communists, is a communal, a, a collective existence. So if at our very base what we're working towards is individualistically, you know, structured, then that's all we're working towards and that's all we're going to find. You know, sometimes I find um, I find it very difficult to, you know, get inspired, to get motivated, to get, uh, to get ready to want to talk about these things, to want to um, do these things, to want to organize and shit like that, and it's, you know, it's hard, it's it's very depressing in a country like ours to, to look out at the just absolute atrocities, the absolute, you know, just tremendous and awful things that the United States does, has done, and continues to do, um, and not just get completely just overwhelmed by the utter, you know, size, the other, um, you know, magnitude that we're really up against. But I think that, especially in America, um, we need to recognize there are people who depend on us. There are people who, you know, not in any kind of dependency way, but because the United States is such an incredible power, because the United States is so incredibly dominating and just, you know, just it needs to be fought from within the belly of the beast before folks outside can hope to succeed. And now that's not to say that, see, I, I go back and forth on this because I'm of the belief that, the, you know, the folks in the global south, they have the power and the ability to to do it on their own. But do we really want to see the death, the bloodshed, and the destruction that will come of some kind of upheaval? Um, do we really want to? Um, do we want to see this kind of destruction being done to the people who you and I uh, tell ourselves, tell other people that we care about, that we're fighting for, or do we want to actually try to fight to end that oppression? Because you know, we have a real life opportunity to do that. We have a real life ability 
to do that. Um, and so I feel in the United States, if you know, if we are in privileged positions, which I am, if we are in, you know, situations where, you know, we're fed, we're housed, we have a job, we're paid, and like we have the time and the physical ability to do so, we should be out organizing. We should be out working with people. We should be out building relationships. We should be out, you know, growing solidarity. And now it's hard because, okay, what organization do I get associated with, Josh? You just told me all the different organizations that I've heard of are all bullshit. I've found, you know, more than, more than I would like to that just about any organization, local or national, can be bullshit. You know, uh, there's organizations all over that intend, you know, for the sake of clout, for the sake of, you know, whoever's looking on, that they care, that they um, they intend to, quote unquote, change things. And that, you know, I'll even take the route where I believe in these people, where I feel that they might be speaking the truth. They want to help folks but they're not willing to help folks in the way that folks need to be helped. Um, folks don't need you to come down and say, Oh, here's, here's, here's a can of food and, and here's some clothes and, and, and here's a Bible. And folks don't need that. Folks need you to stand behind folks and say, I am here, right? I am here to help you. However it is that you need help. I am here to stand aside you whenever you need someone there And I am here to show you that what it is that we need to work for is true solidarity among people, not some kind of individualistic, you know, gain that we are seeking by helping people. You know, okay, I'm going to go into this community in, I don't know, the quote unquote inner city and and I'm going to I'm going to feed people. And I'm going to bring my Bible with me and I'm going to tell them all about the love of Jesus. Honestly, stay home. Like for real, because that's not going to help them. Jesus is not going to feed these people, at least at this current moment. I feel that I can make that assumption because these people are not being fed right now. So, you know, that seems like a nice one-on-one or uh, one-to-one understanding and and discovery to make. Um, But, I mean, that's the same for whatever you want to call yourself, socialist, communist, anarchist. If you're going into these places without the clear understanding that, one, you know, these folks need help. Not because they are helpless, but because they have been made powerless. So people need to be given the power. People need to be given the education. People need to be given the understandings and the encouragement and the solidarity and the assistance to help themselves. Folks don't need to be put on a string and dragged along. You know, black, brown, and indigenous people are, are not some kind of helpless, you know, crowd of people that need our 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 white savior hands to come down and, and really, really tend to them. They need people to stand up and say, hey, these are human beings, and anyone who, who treats them as less is my enemy. Um... And, and whatever comes of that is what comes of that. But, you know, that we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, as socialists, as, as communists, as anarchists, we're not doing that in the United States. Or at least not in a way that I can see 
and as someone who is dedicated to this, as someone who spends all of their time doing this, you know, podcasting, doing all this, I, I don't even know what I do, what it is that I do, trying to get organized, trying to, you know, build some kind of socialism. That that shit doesn't come up. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel like because of that, it, it might be able to be assumed that, you know, we aren't doing enough because shit isn't changing. I think that it's, it's, you know, crucial to say that all the way back in 1871, they had understandings that you and I do not, and especially that our organizations in this country who call themselves socialists do not have. Um, folks in this folks in this country do not have the revolutionary understanding that it is not some group of representatives. It is not some coalition of intelligentsia, some coalition of academics, some coalition of, you know, people coming down from high above to come feed folks. What it is, is people going to folks with their hands outstretched saying, how can I help? That's what's going to change things. That's what that's what's going to help people. What's not going to help people is going to others and saying, can you please help us? Because guess what? The folks who are in Washington, the folks who have been in control of our government since the day that it was founded have had every opportunity to help us and have gone in the exact opposite direction. Now, that is not because they are some evil assholes. It is because that is 100% to its core what capitalism causes. Capitalism creates a power structure which, which is only intention is one, make sure that that country stays, you know, dominant across the, across the board. Make sure that that country is number one. Number two, don't lose your power. Whatever you do, stay in power. That's the goal of these governments. Look at how they act. Look at how they operate. Do laws change that actually begin to help the people or do laws change that begin to help the people who are in government? I think we all can answer that question with uh, some pretty brutal honesty. So I think that, you know, it, it, I shouldn't have to be the one to ask this question. But at the same time, I, I'll ask this question till the day I die because none of this shit is going to change unless something actually changes. So. Back in 1871, when they outright overthrew the government in Minecraft. Why did I say it like that? Uh, government. <laughs> in 1871, in the Paris Commune, when they overthrew the government, you know, they had ideological understandings that we apparently don't have today. Back in 1917, when they did the same thing in Soviet Russia, they apparently had ideological understandings that we do not have today. But why is it a hundred fucking years later, we still think that it's anyone's excuse to say what it is that, you know, is or isn't going to help people? I think it's very clear what's going to help people. And I think that we're kidding ourselves if we sit here and try to pretend we don't know that. Um, I don't think that it's, you know, honestly excusable in this country that anyone advocates for electoralism. I don't think it's, it's excusable in this country. For anyone who advocates for, you know, any kind of action that is not a direct, that is not a direct, you know, attack on capitalism, that is not a direct attack on 
imperialism, and that is not a direct attack on the United States in Minecraft. Because to its core, what the United States is, it is, is the cancer that is killing. So we need to get rid of the cancer. We can't get rid of the cancer by adding more cancer. We can't go, oh, what's going to fix the United States is by putting different people in power in the United States. No, the United States and everything about it has to cease to exist far before anyone in this world can truly be free. That shit is just, you know, honestly undeniable. And it's depressing and it's incredibly like jarring. But at the same time, I think that we're kidding ourselves if we think that anything else is realistic. I think that we're kidding ourselves if we think that by any means other than the means that I can't mention publicly, that we are going to come to change. Um, I, I don't think that anyone is meaning necessarily to be opportunistic. I, I don't always take that approach because... You know, I've seen that bite me in the ass before, and, and most people are just genuinely ignorant, um, as I once was, um, so I think that it's important to recognize that. Um, but to the folks who aren't ignorant, who are just purporting, you know, purporting bullshit-ass bullshit, fuck them, honestly. And it's not our job to try to correct them, it's not our job to try to make sure they're on board, fuck them, um, because... Again, we got 150 years of proletarian revolutionary history. We have 150 plus years of attempted revolutionary history. How is it that we, I mean, not for nothing. Can you try anything else for 150 years and get this shit wrong without, you know, just clearly ignoring the lessons of the people before you? Is that is that a possibility? Does anyone think that we could be doing that? Because, I mean... If so, fuck, we're screwed. But I just don't think that that's true. I think that looking back at what is to be done by Lenin this morning with Bernstein, looking at, you know, Brock in, uh, in Germany, looking at different socialist leaders throughout history, I think it's incredibly important to note that this shit is not new. This shit has been happening for years. This shit is, you know, it it's... It's going to keep happening and we're going to have to keep fighting against it. But if we're not fighting against it, this shit isn't going to get better. So I guess my final like thing to say before I let y'all go. First of all, thank you to anyone who is still listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, but, uh, you know, if any of us expect that this shit is going to change by doing anything that we have tried before that has not led to it changing. I mean, do I have to say it? Do I have to do the stupid insanity is trying something again and again and expecting a different result? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to be upsetting to anyone. But I think that it's crucial to understand that we have clear lessons to learn and we are not learning them. Whether that's by outright choice, by propaganda, or whatever, I don't think it's crucial to, you know, necessarily figure that out right now what is crucial is changing that so let's change it do what we can to change it nobody can expect of you anything that you can't expect of yourself so whatever your expectations are for yourself whatever opportunities you have in front of you whatever abilities you have whatever skills and talents you have if you're passionate about this thing if you're passionate about seeing these things change 
dedicate yourself to it because honestly, the, you, you have two options. Once you begin to recognize what's wrong with the world, you have two options. Do nothing or do something. And like as someone who has also noticed the problems wrong in the world, I can't sit around and do nothing. I, that's me personally. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I can't stop you. But all I'm saying is if you you know, purport to care about this, if you want to care about this, this is how you care about it. Um, and that's straight from the mouths of a, a fucking white cis het man in America in 2021. So, like, if I can get that shit right, y'all can get that shit right. There are so many people that are so much smarter than me. There are so many people that have to live this shit, have to exist and struggle in ways that I will never have to. And yet there are those who have that happen and don't come to these conclusions, don't, you know, understand these things for what they are, which is lessons to be learned. So let's learn some lessons. Let's begin to dedicate ourselves to truly wanting to see things change and not just being talk, because I think that we have enough folks in Washington who talk. I think we have enough folks in our quote unquote socialist, quote unquote communist organizations who talk. I think we have enough anarchists who talk. We need to shut the fuck up and listen. We need to listen to the struggles of the people across the world. We need to listen to their sufferings. We need to listen to their voices. And then we need to say, how can I help? If you're trying to do anything other than that, it's for your gain. Don't sit here and try to lie to anyone. Don't sit here and try to fool anyone. That's for your gain and your gain only. Um, Because honestly, the folks in the global south are not going to benefit by yet another socialist organization. So if we're going to build this shit, let's build it right. Let's make sure that people are actually going to get helped. And let's make sure that shit actually changes. If you like what you heard, thank you. Um, Please check out my social medias. I have Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find me on there at In Defense of Liberation. Um, You can also find me by emailing me at in defense of liberation, no caps, no spaces, at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to me for whatever reason. You want to call me some names. You want to tell me why I'm wrong. You want to tell me I'm just some stupid white asshole who is privileged enough to sit here as an armchair philosopher and tell y'all about what y'all have to do to be proper communists. I'm gatekeeping, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so don't talk to me. Go fucking be a communist because. I'm not gatekeeping y'all. I'm gatekeeping myself and I'm expressing that because honestly, y'all aren't doing that shit and I'm not doing that shit. Who the fuck is going to do it? I hope us. So let's do it. You know, I, you don't got to talk to me. You can stop listening to this podcast. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but the world isn't going to change by us sitting here and arguing on Facebook or wherever. So that's all I'm going to say. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Stay safe. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Solidarity and love to all the struggling people across the world in India. Shout out to the folks in the Philippines. Shout out to folks all over the world struggling and fighting for true proletarian freedom. Um, I have been Josh. This has been 
in defense of liberation. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.